Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's episode is Ellie Hennis, the 2021 NCAA champion in the 5K, who recently signed with Adidas and is now training in Flagstaff, Arizona. Ellie is a 1518 5K runner who finished 6th at the 2021 Olympic Trials, and she now trains with Olympian Rachel Schneider and NAU head coach Mike Smith. For the first 20 minutes or so of this episode, we talked about astrology, botched photo shoots, and teenage rebellion, but we also got very in-depth about Ellie's journey from high school to professional running and all the lessons she's learned as she's grown up and her relationship to the sport has changed. We covered everything from dating to coffee orders to Christmas movies, and we even went deep on the introspective side of things. This was a very delightful conversation with one of the most entertaining, honest people in the sport, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, uh, definitely leave us a rating. I feel like we haven't had uh, a good push for getting some five-star ratings out there lately. And uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. Welcome to Run Your Mouth, Long Run Talk for Long Talking Runners. I'm your host, David Melly, and this week I have a, a somebody I've wanted to have on for a long time, and there was a, a hole in my schedule this week, and I was like, you know what? I want to talk to Ellie Hennis this week, so <laughs> welcome to the pod. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's going well. I really wanted to come on to this one, too. I feel like we kind of talked about it, like, a few, what was it, like, two Forever ago, yeah. <laughs> and then it just like most things that I say I'm going to do, I keep forgetting to, to, to actually do them. So. Yeah, well, it, that's always the, always the struggle is like, until, because I'm also like a really like wishy-washy planning person where I'm like, whatever's flexible for you. And then it's like, you need that one. Like, I always say it's like every friend group needs the one person that's like, we're going to this restaurant. Like, <laughs> that is never going to be me. <laughs> me either. I'm always I'll like, yeah here's I'll be the one that's like here's six options like I researched them looked at the menus but like I can't just be like we're picking and we're going my toxic trait is that I'm now tempted to ask you your Myers-Briggs and your astrology your whole chart so you know literally number one on my very short list of things to ask you was astrology so um I don't I I assume you can't do my full birth chart here but I know nothing about astrology but I hear you're very into it (laughs) who's telling you we're through the grapevine here um no uh yeah no I I'm just really interested in it it's one of those things like my roommate Dom Dominique Claremont um she's she went to NC State with me she runs on the team still and we were roommates freshman year and we were both really into it so it's one of those things that we got a book from one of the like older guys on the team who had it some guy with like a PhD had insight in astrology which I didn't even know was like a thing but apparently it is and so we got really really into it freshman year and then it kind of got into like you know like once TikTok started up and like all that kind of stuff I feel like it got really big and like trendy so now it's something that I see everywhere which I think is so funny because I got made fun of so much freshman and sophomore year for liking astrology and now everyone's like oh what's your sign what's your sun moon and rising and I'm like wow I love it I'm so I love the I love those like 
I feel like you see it on TikTok too, where it's like some guy texting his mom, like, mom, when was I born? And then the response is like, stay away from her. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I've had that exact meme <laughs> me from so many people. Because I'm like, like even on the NC State team, there was um there was one day we were we were in a meet in Fresno and um it was Caitlin and Kelsey and they bet me they were like oh we, let's see how many hours you can go without mentioning astrology right and so they set a timer just put the phone away and um I made it two and a half hours because I just wasn't thinking yeah of course <laughs> they it was just like some it was a really really stupid just like joke where they were like oh so if if you were if you got pregnant and you found out your baby was going to be a Gemini what would you do <laughs> like well I would really have to think about that and then they were like, okay, timer, it's done. I was like, yeah. it wasn't my fault. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm an Aries and I don't know anything about astrology, but I know that my friends who care about astrology are like, you're very Aries, which I think I just means Aries. I'm confrontational and stubborn. <laughs> also really passionate, um, yeah. which is a good thing. Um, no, I, so I actually know a lot of Aries in my life, which is, my mom is an Aries and then now coach Smith is an Aries. So I've only been coached by Aries. Fact. Um, and my boyfriend is an Aries. So I keep, I keep Aries close in my life. <laughs> that, you know what, maybe that's like, that explains the magic of our chemistry. Cause I feel like we like, cause we met like very briefly at trials and I feel like had an instant, like you're one of the good ones. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Libra and Aries and Libra. They're supposed, they're like, opposites on the chart but they're like supposedly get along very well peanut butter and jelly baby <laughs> peanut butter and jelly pb and j you and me <laughs> well the other thing i learned saw literally this morning um that uh my friend uh my friend who's very into astrology taryn cordani shout out um was tweeting a lot this morning about venus going into retrograde what does that mean um apparently it's happening this weekend and we gotta you know prepare so the thing is so retrogrades and stuff like that like I'm very like I'm I'm still baby astrology when it comes to like I can I can go through charts I can I can read some of that stuff I really just like talking to people about it because I think you know like when you sit down with someone your first thing isn't going to be like oh how do you process your emotions do you like bottle them in do you want to really talk about them and like express them like how do you communicate but if you go through someone's chart and you're like oh does it fit you that like this sign in your like says that this is how you process your emotions and they're like oh yeah that fits or oh this doesn't you can learn so much about people like just through like questions like that so I really like that but retrograde stuff I'm still kind of learning all I know is that especially if it's in Venus Venus is like kind of like your like love and like how you function in relationships so my guess is if there's a retrograde with having anything to do with Venus, that means there could either be some trouble or some areas to really work on in relationships, especially because, yeah. That Venus was, I, the one tweet I saw was like, Venus is going into retrograde, don't text your ex, so. <laughs> <laughs> do not text your ex. <laughs> but I would also argue that that's good advice regardless of where the various planets are. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need astrology to tell you not to text your ex, but. Well, that's my that's my like genuine because uh, full disclosure I think this is all bullshit um but, but I think you totally hit on what I think is the interesting because it's also like like Drew Hunter is a big love language guy and I find those conversations very interesting but I think what it is is just triggering introspection like yeah. whether no matter whether it's Myers-Briggs uh, star charts whatever it is what you're doing is forcing yourself to think about 
what am I, what am I like? How do I relate to the world? You know? Yeah. That's the biggest thing for me. That's, I mean, my roommate and I, we like Dom, we talk about that all the time, like astrology, whether it's, you know, I, I, even I, I'll tell you, like, I really like looking into astrology, but that doesn't mean that I fully am like, oh yeah, this is my belief system. And I believe in this and this runs my life. Like it's more of a, yeah, I really like to sit down with people and just get to know them on a deeper level and, and get to understand myself. Cause you know, I've had people be like, oh, well my chart, like my astrology isn't going to tell me why I do this wrong or do that wrong. And I'm like, oh, but it could point out certain things that you have ten like, you know, some of the things that you need to work on, like certain tendencies towards like, you know, like you said, like introspective things like, okay, well maybe if I were to look at my chart, I have a problem with needing a bit too much attention and always wanting to be in the spotlight, my little Leo moon. But like, it's like, okay, I notice those tendencies. And sometimes I can notice when, you know, I'm doing something out of just wanting like a reaction out of someone or like the attention from someone instead of actually doing something because it genuinely like fits who I am and what I want, you know? Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. What do you know what your, do you have a love language, what your love language is? I was ashamed of it for a while because I thought, okay, so mine's physical touch. And okay. I was like, oh, like, I'm not, I'm not like super sexual, like whatever, like all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't want to be seen as like, just way, like just out there all the time, all that stuff. But then I, I started to realize more that that's more of just like, okay, you know, if I'm, you know, sitting next to my partner and I just want to like hold their hand and like, just feel that's how I feel connected to them. And so once I kind of learned that it was more of that, than it than just about like, you know, the sexual part of it, then I was like, oh, okay. Now, now I don't feel as like. No, I, I totally feel the same way. Cause like, cause I think my primary love language is acts of service, but I am a big physical touch person too. And it is like, it's not about sex. It's like, I'm a huggy person. Like I, um, I like, for whatever reason, like I like catch myself, like I like ruffle hair. And like, that's like a very like go-to like sign of affection for me is like, I'll just like be like, go like that to one of my friends. Like, and yeah, it's like, it is. Yeah. I'm a, I, I, I think it kind of goes like, they're like neck and neck. And sometimes it's more one than the other. Yeah, Both I of which. Like how you like show it and receive it, you know? Cause like I show yeah. it through like I, I will portray it more through physical touch and then receive it more through acts of service, which I think is interesting. Well, and acts of service, physical touch, both of those, as you note, not talking about your emotions, which is uh, not a strong suit for me. So grew up Catholic, go figure. Like, Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very funny. Uh, ooh, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking um, an iced caramel macchiato. Okay. Um, Starbucks directly Starbucks. no there's the there's one little coffee shop that's like right around the corner from my place and I feel bad because the baristas probably just you know every time I pull up I'm like um can I get an iced caramel macchiato and they're like oh good another another basic white girl coming through this <laughs> drive. thank you <laughs> see this time of year for me it's like all about the peppermint mochas like I because I I'm big like like mornings like when I actually need coffee it's like black coffee all the way but then like afternoon treat like I'll go for the sugary like full hit the gas on the, uh I'm drinking tea right now um staying hydrated but peppermint tea so there you go go figure was in my very little research that I was uh prepping with I listened to your episode with uh, our friend Emma Abrahamson on uh combos over cold brew and I hear you, you got an espresso machine as a birthday present 
I did. Um, as you can see, I don't always use it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, I, I'm not mad about the way that I make my own coffee and it saves me money. But if I can get a well-made, you know, ice caramel macchiato, then I'm, <laughs> I'm still this... going to spend way too much money. Yeah, the, I, I like an espresso machine when you have like time. Like it's kind of like a nice thing to do when like people are over. Like I'll come over and I'll make you a latte. But like when it's when you're just like I want coffee and I'm alone, that's not always not always the move. I need to learn how to froth the milk as well because like I'm you know I can make a shot, I can do all that. You know I've got that down. But yeah, frothing the milk is a lot harder than I thought it was. So I have one of my friends in town who is actually a barista, and she's gonna she still is a barista. She's she keeps talking about coming over and helping me uh, learn how to do it. But every time we hang out, we always forget. I feel like we've already talked about TikTok like four times, but uh, also big fan of your TikTok. Oh, um, no. The the <laughs> content is excellent. TikTok, actually. Yeah. You know what? This is the, this is the, the beauty is that, and I, I wonder if you feel this way too, where it's like, there's something a little more freeing about it where you don't have to be quite so like, David Melly, the runner, like <laughs> it can be like, it's a more chaotic place by nature. And I think that that, that definitely brings out the best or the worst, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> depending. Sometimes I can, I think that it, yeah, like you said, like, I think it's good for like some more self-expression and stuff. Cause I was, you know, I was thinking about that the other day and I know there was the whole, like, keep Instagram casual, all that kind of stuff. But in reality, you know, you look at Instagram and it is, it does feel a lot more like okay, like, yeah, the runner and this is like the brand that I'm pushing and all that kind of stuff. And I do think that, I mean, with TikTok, I've still done that as well. I can't say that I've like, you know, I've, I think I started it too, because I was like, oh, I don't really know when, I think it was back when the NIL stuff was being discussed. And I was like, oh, you know, if I do end up staying at all, you know, this could be really good to kind of get that base, get, get that started on TikTok. So I do think I, I went a little bit overboard with running once at the beginning, but it's, it's just so nice to be able to make videos of like your own humor and whatever that is, because I feel like TikTok is for like your own humor or like, you know, what like, I'm, no one is going to find this funny except me, but that's what matters. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. Chaos. Uh, <laughs> the chaos, the chaotic energy. Absolutely um the well he's mentioned nil so one of the questions we ask sometimes if obviously adidas great shoe company blah 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 um if you had a dream like side sponsorship like you can get sponsored to for to promote any sort of product brand whatever what what uh what sponsorship would you want i know there's definitely like a more realistic like like if I really thought on it, it'd probably be something that I could actually use a lot more, but it would probably be Kit Kat. Kit Kat. <laughs> That's good. I have a king size Kit Kat before every race, like the night before. I have like king size Kit Kat. I don't know why. It's just always kind of been a thing for me. And even sometimes before like bigger like like workouts and stuff like that. Like I'll just I just I really like Kit Kats and they never get old for me. <laughs> do, do you eat them break off individually and work your way through yeah so I so I eat around the edges and then I go like wafer by wafer like pick it apart oh truly psychotic answer that's <laughs> energy all the way is like yeah I have and it's it's like weird because I yeah I feel like I kind of have to do it that way or yeah I, I get a little <laughs> about my Kit Kat so Kit Kat all the way and I that's definitely it could be realistic because they could totally make a protein bar or something like that. 
like think about like a super like that would be a good like crossover is like uh like a new quote-unquote nutritious kit kat like that uh, all right are you if you're listening nestle or whatever parent company makes kit kat hit me up <laughs> yeah she's available for sponsorships <laughs> um well speaking of um i was with in tallahassee with nikki this past weekend and i hear you guys um slightly misunderstood the assignment on the ultra boost photo shoot we neither of us read the email we, we saw the email and we were like okay yeah ultra boost 22 like high energy let's go and so we went to sedona because i mean it's beautiful and we were like oh we're gonna do this photo shoot and all that kind of stuff and i think it was either i think it was like right after the photo shoot we um we <laughs> looked back at the email and i think it said like oh just you know right before run like really happy high energy and we were like oh <laughs> like Nikki was wearing like a I pooped today sweatshirt <laughs> and I was like wearing this like sweatsuit I was really channeling like Adam Sandler vibes I don't really know what's going on and we were like oh well you know there was a lot of high energy we just yeah it... exactly <laughs> with it. <laughs> that's uh you know I, I feel like it stands out so that's, that's, you know, part of the promo is uh, catching people's eye. <laughs> I think I, I was going for more style over, over running, but you know, <laughs> I, I did a few, quite a few strides for that photo shoot in them and, and they at least, they did feel good. And the full green sweatsuit. That's the look. <laughs> Someone commented that I looked like uh, Rocky. Oh, like, there, all right. Well, that's, you know, that's kind of something. <laughs> it was not the vibe. It's like, you know, the whole, um, it's giving share. It was not, <laughs> it was not giving Rocky. It was, <laughs> it's giving like homeless chic. Like, <laughs> And that's kind of, I'm not going to lie. We were, we were talking about it. We were like, oh, well, you know, we could go in downtown Sedona and like pretend like there's um like, like, you know how like Kanye and Kim will do like the, the kind of fake paparazzi shots or like they would do the actual paparazzi shots for like, you know the clothing or like the Yeezys and stuff like that and we're like well you know Adidas like it's it's a vibe let's do that and if only you know it could have been really good if if we had known the prompt <laughs> if we understood the assignment I was uh, talking to Rachel Schneider about or Smith now Rachel Smith um about uh, yesterday where she asked we were talking about like Christmas presents you know like what we'd asked for all that kind of stuff and how neither of us knew what was in style anymore because you know in Flagstaff there's probably like there's just thrift stores and like the mall has like a I don't even know like a Sears or something and that's it and um so we were just talking about like what was in style and she asked if flare jeans were in style and I I mean I was just kind of telling her about the like full loop where it's like things you know things will go in and out of style but it always it's always going to come back around like I feel like 2000 stuff you know like low rise low rise jeans like all that kind of stuff it's coming back so I'm kind of scared because 2000 style it's it's up to interpretation yeah that'll be very a lot of like uh like layered tank tops like I'm thinking very Disney channel <laughs> I shot for that limited too I don't know if you know what that was but it oh sure yeah <laughs> all the sparkly like glitter and like gauchos do you remember those Do you know no, those what ones? are gauchos it's like 
I don't know how to explain them. They'd go down to like a little bit past your knee. They'd kind of like flare out and they'd like, they had like an elastic, like stretchy waist. And I wore them all the time because as a kid, I hated jeans because I would think I was just so active all the time that I was like, these feel restricting. I don't like these. So I literally only wore gauchos. Like, well, I was going to say like, you know what horrible 2000s trend is like primed to come back is like juicy sweatsuits and like Sophie's. Wait, why do I really want that to come back though? <laughs> Well, so this is the thing with all of this stuff is I'm the oldest in my family and my youngest sister is 15. So like I'm having this weird existential crisis of like, I think I'm too old for Gen Z, but like on the younger side of millennial being like having someone around who's so fully like Gen Z, it is that thing of like, oh, like I'm not cool. And not that I was ever cool, but like I was, I'm not cool anymore because this is like a whole different look than I even am aware of, you know? No, definitely. But I mean, I was, I was kind of happy when the whole like e-girl, e-boy thing came back. Cause like <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I only own like black clothing. So I'm like, okay, I can rock with this. It took me the longest time to figure out what like Visco girls were. Um, Cause I'm old Same. and I, I feel like this is like a thing that like every like because I feel like for for me it was like manic pixie dream girl was like that was like when I was in high school it was like that was the version of Visco girl is like Zoe Deschanel 500 days of summer listen to the Smiths like that like so I feel like that there's always that archetype and it just gets reinvented for like every like 10 years very well except I I had the best that my toxic trait was being a manic pixie dream girl so oh well I you know I'm sure you had a lot of uh platonic guy friends who were in love with you in high school <laughs> it was unfortunate it's it's the Libra sun actually yeah well I hear you have the you had the emo face too the all black face that's why I was so excited about the the e-girl thing coming back so I was like you know what now that I'm older I can actually put fits together that look good because back then it was just oh buy whatever is at hot topic and call it a look like I, it was I look back I looked back the other day and the thing is too is that everyone was I was experimenting with makeup right it was so it was dark makeup dark clothes like you know a little e-girl phase whatever I thought was going on there and I was drawing in my eyebrows because like that was the thing to do I think in high school I don't know I'm gonna say but, you have very dark eyebrows now I don't think that's necessary <laughs> it definitely was not because I, for some reason I thought they came down I don't know like people won't be able to see this but I thought they they came down to like here and like would go like that and apparently there were quite a few group messages that my runner friends tell me about nowadays that they were in that that would take screenshots of my selfies on Instagram and send them and talk about my Nike brows because they called them Nike brows because they were upside down Nike. Oh, solution. that's so mean. <laughs> so I own them now. I love the Nike brows, but how come no one told me? No one's. Yeah. Was like, I hey. feel like the key is just to block out all of high school. Well, I'm really glad that I wasn't allowed to get the tattoos that I liked back then because I looked back at them the other day, like the Pinterest boards and stuff, you know? Oh, sure. And you know, those like the anchors. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, it was a brand at that point it was like anchors with like a little like quote or something written under them and it was like all the lyrics from like pierce the veil or sleeping with sirens songs I don't know if you know that. yeah of course yeah if I had gotten that I would regret that so much yeah that I was gonna say one of the best like bad tattoo tropes is um 
anchors where the text is, I refuse to sink. By definition, <laughs> that's an anchor's job. That was <laughs> true. And that was dead ass on my Pinterest when I checked it. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, for, oh, for me, yeah. the bad tattoo would have been like, uh, it would have been like a like a Florence in the Machine or like a Bright Eyes like lyric like that definitely would have been. Um, at one point, I definitely had like lyrics from like Hurricane Drunk by Florence in the Machine like on my wall above my bed, and it's like, first of all, it's like you're an upper middle class white kid from you know, suburban Boston, like you don't have problems. I don't know why you think you do. <laughs> Second of all, it's like, you know, who did you think you were fooling by being in the closet? But that's a whole <laughs> separate conversation. <laughs> that's the thing is I think that that's what TikTok has made me realize. Like all of these things that I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, that's just casual things. They're like, oh, that actually meant that you had ADHD. Oh, that actually meant that, you know, you were gay. You knew you were gay the whole time. Actually, um, like all of these things. And I'm like, oh, I just thought that I really liked these lyrics or I thought I really liked this band or I really thought that I just liked Kim Possible and not just Chigo. Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> like I, I can't remember where I read this quote, but it's like, it's the the biggest truth ever is like all of the angst of being a teenager is so, it's like so funny now. Like, uh, I remember I got really mad about, um, great running podcast so far, by the way. <laughs> that, running uh, is not today. Yeah. <laughs> that like Michigan kid that got DQ'd for swearing what did you see that it was like the state cross-country meet this was like a couple months ago and he like no, I don't know if I did see this he said like let's fucking go as he crossed the finish line and like he got DQ'd and it was like this whole thing and it's like this is one of those things that seems like a big deal in high school and then you're like an adult and you're like he said fuck who cares <laughs> like <laughs> why does this matter <laughs> that, that's interesting to me I feel like, I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm sure there's been a, like, I didn't get to see it in its prime moment. I'm sure a lot of people were discussing it and stuff. And I'd like to, I'd like to kind of see a lot of people's opinions and views on that because I don't know, to me, it's like one of those, like, common, I don't know, to me, it's common sense. And I know that it's not to like general public, especially like, I'm sure there were, you know, parents, the schools and stuff like that. that were probably not exactly too thrilled um, to have that be out publicized, all that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, I mean, in, I don't know, I could, I could be wrong, but in the pro world, I think, you know, if I came a, across, like, a line that was, like, a, a big race that I'd really been putting a lot of effort, passion, like, drive, all this kind of stuff into, like, yeah, it's, you let out your emotions. <laughs> well, that's what people brought up, is um, when Shalane, like, won New York and was like, oh, fuck yeah, like, nobody was like, she's unprofessional, she's unsportsmanlike, you know. made of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Like <laughs> And then the other thing, the other high school thing that just seems so silly to me is um we didn't I don't know if you had this in high school, but like some schools have really strict like rules for like what you can run in for the cross country team where like the boys won't be able to run shirtless and the girls won't be able to run in sports bras. And it's like again, as an adult, you're like, 
this high school in Texas where it's 95 degrees, six months of the year, like let them run in whatever they want to, who cares, you know? That was actually one of the things for me in high school where I, I'd gotten to, um, like, I wasn't really a big, I guess, runner nerd. I, I didn't really like running until like I got injured my senior year of high school, then I started liking it, but that's a story for another time. Um, up until that point, I was very much like, this rebellious teenager who I was going to not do what my mom wanted me to do or what she did. I didn't want to be like her and all that stuff. So I was already fighting going to practice in the first place. And then I found out about that rule and me being me and me being stubborn. I was like, well, it's 75 degrees out here. My shirt's coming off. I'm wearing a sports bra. And I think the guys were allowed to have to have their shirts off and the girls weren't allowed to. So that was, that was more of where I was like, okay, if they have their shirts off, I'm not, I'm not sweating to death over here. Like when it's 90, whatever degrees outside in the summertime. And I remember my coach, like, I think my coach really understood though, you know, like he wasn't trying to be whatever. He was like, Hey, this is the rule. Like you got to keep it on. And I was like, well, they aren't, they aren't. So I'm not like, that's just not fair. And he was like, okay, I understand that. But like, can you wait till you like leave the track so that, you know, you don't get me in trouble, (laughs) but me being stubborn and being rebellious. I was like, nope. I'm going to get everyone in trouble. And then I got the boys in trouble and then they had to start wearing shirts. So. Oh no, they you didn't even win. They just like clamped down on the I boys know. too. Okay. <sighs> they clamped down on everyone then, but I think they only did that for a few more months. And then I just kept not listening. And then a lot of the other girls kept not listening. So I think, you know, by the numbers. That fades know. away. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. now, well, now I want to know. So you started, uh, this is a big thing. It's like nothing makes you love running more than not being able to run. But so walk us through that. Like, what was this transformation you went through of like, oh, actually I care about running. Um, I think it took a lot of different things kind of coming together at once. Um, I think so. I mean, since we have time and you want to know, um, <laughs> I, I guess I kind of like when I was really young, I think I, I just liked running just because I liked the way it felt like, especially when it would um rain outside I really liked going out and doing barefoot strides like just on the road like I don't really know why that was a thing for me but you know me angsty angsty Ellie um I really like just running really fast and so I really liked that for a long time and then when my mom I did I just did a bunch of sports growing up because I also wanted to do anything other than run but the problem is I would play soccer I would get to the ball first and then I would like be able to get it all the way down the field and just I can't I couldn't score and there was no one else that was near me at that point to pass to because I had sprinted away from everyone and same thing in basketball I'd take the ball run down the court couldn't shoot so basically the only thing I could do was run um which was fine because it works out for me but um I really liked soccer I really liked swimming and going into my freshman year I think of yeah freshman year of high school is when I transitioned to only swimming and and running And that was when I was kind of like, I really wanted to do other things. So I was kind of spiteful. I was like, oh, I want to do soccer, but I'm not good enough. So I guess I have to do running. Like it's my only option left. And swimming just was a lot of time in the pool. I was like, this is getting too much for me. At least with running, I can like talk to other people. So started doing running, started making a lot of friends on the team. But I still, um, freshman year, I walked pretty much every practice where I would walk down to the Sonic that was like two miles away from the high school. I'd get like a burger and a slushie and just like spend my time there, walk back and then tell my coach I ran like eight or nine miles. And since I was the best on the team, they just believed me 
they were like, okay, cool. Sounds good. Because I, I was doing swimming and like other training stuff. So like I say, you know, I was just walking and doing nothing, but like I was still training in other ways. So like I still made it to States and like did okay. And like, um, I think at that point there were a lot of people that were kind of like, oh, like it's just her genetics. Like she's not trying and all that kind of stuff. And I think I liked the image of being the person who doesn't really, who didn't try that hard and was still able to be successful. So I think I really played into that of like, oh, like I just, you know, I just walk every day and I just like going to Sonic and I just like doing everything other than running because for whatever reason, I thought that was cool um, to be like the person who didn't care. Well, this is something that I think is universal and drives me insane. Again, I'm old now apparently, but like that when you're like when you're in high school like it's not cool to try and then like at a certain point somewhere along the way uh, like a switch flips and it's like oh now we like you know at least in the running world it's like we revere people who are like oh they work so hard blah 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 but yeah it's never cool to try when you're like 16 years old and I just wish yeah I like wish that I could break that curse and just be like listen kids are you listening kids it's cool to try (laughs) I mean, that's like, if I could go back and tell myself that, like, because it did, it did then get me caught up in a lot of other, like outside of running, like, you know, certain friend groups, certain, you know, people who like, didn't exactly have, um, I I had to, I had a few friends at my first, like I had, I had two different schools. So this is still my first school, but, um, I had a few friends at that school who, who definitely had like bigger goals in life, but I also had quite a few friends that didn't like their goals weren't really to go to college. It was just kind of like stay in the hometown, like probably, you know, go straight from high school to, to work and all that stuff, which I'm not saying is like a horrible thing. It was just definitely like differing mindsets. And it kind of, my parents could also see where that I was in a place of like, Oh yeah, I don't really care about, you know, running school, whatever. I just care about hanging out with my friends who have some other recreational hobbies. (laughs) that's that's what I will say um and so that was kind of like my freshman year all that kind of stuff and then we moved like across town so we moved to a new school district um and my two school options were between this like private school and public school and like to me I was like well both of these places like I mean we were living on like a golf course like kind of you know I guess fancier than, than the last place we were staying so I was like okay like this this these like the whole environment of these schools are going to be very different for me anyway so I don't want to jump right into private school like I'll at least go to public and you know test this out so I went to a school called Greenhope and when I got there the the team 100% cared like obviously I think coaches probably cared the same but the actual athletes like cared a lot more about running and what it takes to like run at a higher level. The team had been to NXN before. Um, so that was also something that like, they had just like higher goals. They'd won States before they'd gone to NXN. So it was like more was expected out of them, I guess. But my coach was still very, um, very relaxed for like every, pretty much every workout was like off of feel, which I think was really cool for me as like being in high school, like not really worrying about like, oh, I have to hit these certain splits. And if I'm not hitting this time, then something's wrong. Like it was all just go off how you feel. Like we're not going to push you past, like, we're not going to make you do like way more mileage than you're comfortable with. Or like, we're not going to break down your bodies because, you know, this is about longevity. And my coach was very adamant about that. He was like, I want you to have 
like he, he basically told me, he's like, I think you can have a college career and I think you can maybe go past that. So I want to make sure that you are ready to, to keep leveling up at each next level. So I think he coached me very well, but I still was very, you know, oh, I want to do everything else other than run. I want to, I mean, I've always been into psychology. So I was like, okay, I want to, you know, work more with sports psychology or maybe just therapy in general, or I want to, I don't know, I wanted to sing, be on Broadway, like do all that other kind of stuff. I was like, running takes up too much time. And then I made a, a few friends on the team who were just really like, who really cared about it. And that was really confusing to me because I was like, you guys actually like doing this? Like you're not doing this just because your mom told you to? <laughs> like, like, are we, are we being honest? Everyone actually likes this. It's not just this painful thing that's like kind of torture. And yeah, no, I just like, I um, met a few people who I genuinely like bonded with, really cared about. And I think like, had I not met those people, I probably wouldn't have really grasped like what running can do for me and for them and for a lot of other people. Like I was dealing with um, depression, anxiety, like a few other just like different things probably coming from, I don't need to, you know, go through whole diagnoses right now, but like, you know, some ADHD stuff, like some, all the stuff that I was dealing with that I didn't realize how much running was helping with that stuff um, until I got injured my senior year. But up to that point, like I, I made it to NXN individually after just one year of actually training. So that, like, that actually was one of the moments where I was like, oh, I can actually be good at this thing. And my team came with me the next year and we just had so much fun together and like just continuously like setting goals with each other, working hard with each other. Like I ended up just falling in love with not just the sport, but like with the team and like how they were able to like work with each other for each other, like towards a common goal, which, which is why cross country has always kind of been my favorite because I really, really enjoy that like team aspect And yeah, so I just, up until I got injured, I was just like, okay, yeah, I kind of like this. Like, I'm not mad about it. I don't need to go to college and do it. Like it really could go either way. And then I going into my senior year, I set like the highest goals I'd ever set. So I was like, okay, I, I set all these goals, which means I have to change everything, (laughs) which I don't know why that was what I thought had to happen. But I'd heard of people like pulling sleds. I'd heard of them doing higher mileage. I'd heard of them doing doubles. So I decided that that was what I had to do. And my mom was like, okay, we'll, we'll try to balance this out. But I ended up, um, I started pulling sleds like once or twice a week where I would like, you know, just put some weight on, on the sled, pull it, but I'd pull it in like a a square or circle. I don't really know why (laughs) I think I should have done straight, but (laughs) anyways, I did that a little bit. And then I started doing doubles where I'd wake up at like 5 30 AM before, cause you know, school started at like 7 30. Yeah. I'd get up at like 5 30. I'd run like three or four miles, but for some reason I was so like, so laser focused on these goals that I was like, I have to run as fast as possible on these doubles. So I was, I had a GPS watch at the time. So I was going like six flat to six fifteen for like three miles for no reason at five 30 in the morning and then going to school, going to practice and like, just, you know, running on my own. Cause I wanted to run harder. And I didn't realize that I was just hurting myself. I ended up getting a stress reaction from it because like I'd felt the pain in my foot, but I was so laser focused on 
going to nationals, like being in that top five, like these goals that I'd set for myself that I was like, I have to just, I have to put in so much work. I have to do everything I possibly can. And it backfired and it got me my one and only running injury. Um, Cause I've, I mean, honestly, from that, I've learned not to do that again and just <laughs> focus on consistency and focus on, you know, I'd rather take three to four days off for something that hurts than three to four months because I ran through it. Um, but a lot of good lessons learned senior year of high school. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so when I was dealing with that injury, I just was kind of sitting around and um, just realizing how much running did for me, how much it did for others and how much I loved it. And that was the first time I decided that I would run in college. And then after that, first time I ever thought about running for my mother. Mm-hmm. And then here we are. <laughs> Did, so. Yeah, well, I was going to say one of the best, some of the best like advice one of my high school coach gave us like in high school is he, ne- he never had us double. And like every once in a while would come out, like the concept would come up like, oh, it should be double. And he's like, how do you sleep enough to begin with? Like the ben- the training benefits of running in the morning are absolutely outweighed by just getting an extra hour of sleep. And it's like, it is fun. It's very interesting to me to hear kind of the uh, wide range of coaching philosophies in high school. And it's not, it sounds like your high school coach sort of had a good uh, attitude about it. Um, but yeah. And, and I guess, I, I mean, it's so funny because I think, very uh, personally I have like had a lot of parallels to like that like I was very resistant to like running did all the other sports and then you sort of like realize you're like yeah nothing will make you love running like the second you're not able to run (laughs) um do you feel like so fast forwarding to now or I guess like this past summer was there any of that lingering sort of like not hesitance, I guess, but like the Ellie that's like, Oh, I don't want running to be everything. Like I want to do other stuff. Like now you're signing a pro contract. Like that's the definition of making running everything. Was there any sort of like hesitation on on that front of like committing to that sort of next, next level of running being like a very prime thing in your life? Um, I think some of that came like, maybe earlier in college. I think that at the root of all of it, which I mean, this again, like deeper stuff. And I think that can be used for a lot of things other than just running. But I think at the root of the whole, not like acting like you don't care or acting like, um, or even sometimes convincing yourself that you don't care. Like, I feel like I was able to do that for a bit. I think at the root of all of it was um, thinking that I couldn't accomplish what I wanted to and sometimes I can be a perfectionist and sometimes you know I think all of us expect a lot of ourselves and the more that we accomplish the more that we get the more we expect and so I think for the longest time I didn't want to commit to it because like when I was younger I was like oh you know my mom did all these amazing things my dad also ran and did all these amazing things like I'm just gonna not live up to what they did So I should just try something else that I can be really good at and put my heart and soul into. And then once running started, I was like, okay, well, I'm decent at this, but what if I don't, you know, just, just, I had to learn to kind of have that faith in myself, believe in myself more than just like, you know, giving into the thought of what if it doesn't work out? Because I think, I think that the thoughts of what if it does work out can be even scarier sometimes because 
to actually fully put that belief in yourself and, and go for something, even if it could fall through is, is really hard to do. And it takes a lot of, of courage to just even like try to do it. And so a lot of the time in my college career, I noticed myself like setting these expectations. And if I didn't reach them being like, Oh, like I'm never going to go pro or I'm not, I'm, you know, I've failed or I'm whatever, you know, a lot of times at nationals, I would notice that because for some, you know, every single time I went into it, I was thinking like, Oh, I can win this. Like, you know, anyone can win on any given day. And if I step up, it can happen. And then if it didn't happen, I'd go home and I'd be like, well, that's it. Like, I'm not going to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And then I finally started seeing a sports psych and started working through a lot of those thoughts. But I think that it was a very easy decision to run professionally because of all of the other things in college that I had I had to go through and kind of work through in order to just believe in myself and the fact that I could run at a high level in the first place and stop holding myself back from with the thoughts of like, maybe that's not possible or maybe, you know, maybe you won't be good enough or maybe you can't like accomplish all these things you want to accomplish, even though like I, you know, the only thing holding me back was me in a lot of those situations. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think a lot of what you're talking about is vulnerability and like letting nothing is scarier than letting yourself be vulnerable. And especially, I think, to like running is such a it's like such an inside out sport where you're essentially, you know, like literally putting it all on the track. Right. <laughs> where, you know, the you know, a lot of times the end result doesn't, you know, necessarily capture the whole you know, process, but it's, that's like the reductionist way to look at it is like, oh, all of this work and all of this stuff I'm going through culminates in this, you know, whatever goal I'm working towards. And like that, it's like, it's exactly that, like that is an extremely vulnerable place to put yourself in. And I, I think especially it's been magnified too with like social media for better, or for worse. Like I think ta being openly vulnerable is like a great thing. And it's like one of the best things about sort of the relationships that like pro runners have with like their fans and the public, but also at the same time, like, I think that just increases the pressure on an individual level to be like, Oh, I've been, you know, I'll, I'll post about trials and like, now everyone knows that I'm going for trials. And like, now, like, the, you know, all eyes on me <laughs> at the end of the day, but that's yeah. definitely like, like you're like the vulnerability side of it. I think that, um, deciding to, to run professionally and even just deciding to continue running through college, like that took a lot of, um, the introspection we were talking about <laughs> earlier and just being able to, um, being able to fall in love. I think people say this all the time, but I really do believe in it, like falling in love with the process part of it and just like falling, like my goals going into senior year of or my fifth year of college and going into the professional world now um it's crazy how every single time i'd set my goals of like and of expectations of times or places or stuff like that i fell short and then going into my fifth year and now i was i just started setting process goals and started like really focusing on just 
loving the sport and loving like just whatever I can put into it and what I want to get out of it isn't times, places, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, you know, I would love that stuff too, but it's more of like, how, how can I push myself? How can I prove myself wrong in, in places where I've held myself back before? Like what, you know, just what can I do with what I love? And I think that obviously it showed in my fifth year because I think a lot, I think there were a few people that were like, oh, like, wasn't it crazy that like, you just came out of nowhere and won the 5k and did all that stuff. And it was like, I just laughed to myself. Cause I'm like, oh, it's crazy. It might seem crazy to you, but sophomore year Ellie made that her goal. So like, I'm the main character. So they're <laughs> my own story. So, yeah. so your girl was, was focusing on that for way longer than, um, probably should have been, but it was, it's crazy how, you know, the first, it's such a cliche where I was like, oh, you know, I'm not going to focus on time anymore when the year before I'd focused on 1520. And then I ran 1518 and I was like, oh, I'm not going to focus on the results of nationals. I'm just going to go out there and see what I got. And then I won. And it's like, it's cliches are cliches for a reason. <laughs> Do you, so obviously you'll notice like the one question I'm like, the one thing I'm determined not to ask would be like, so what's it like running for your mom? <laughs> Because I feel like that's the most, like, I can't even imagine how tired of you you are of uh, hearing that one. But just one of the things I was thinking about is, I guess, like, obviously, like, running's a family affair for you. And, like, a lot of what we've talked about is you're, like, you're changing relationship to running. And now training with Mike and everything. Obviously, Luis is a runner as well. And, like... I know we talk about this sometimes it's like dating runners, not dating runners uh, like that. I think it's a very interesting conversation because people have strong takes on it, but is that sort of part of like, how has that kind of been a change or like even just like a conscious acknowledgement of like, Oh, I'm now like literally coached by the same coach as my boyfriend. And like, we're living in Flagstaff and it's like that really also brings that aspect of your life into the sport as well. Um, I think um, I think because of my awareness and my self-awareness of like when I'm really um, focusing in on the sport and when I'm really like giving um, running and this passion of mine my all like I, I think that a big reason why I chose Flagstaff is because I do think it's um, it's one of those places that I, I came here to visit Luis before and like just kind of train here and all that stuff and um, Smith has said it, like you learn a lot about yourself, you know, training out here at altitude, first of all, but even just in Flagstaff because of like the community out here, it's a bunch of runners and like the, what, what is there to do in Flagstaff? Um, go onto a South Service Trail and walk or run. And, you know, there's, there's things to do to keep you, you know, keep you busy, keep you having a good time, all that stuff. But I do, I really, really enjoy the environment of, of runners. And I think that, it's nice because like you and I can sit down and have these talks about astrology, love language, all that other stuff. And it doesn't have to be running, running, running all the time, which I very much appreciate. But I also, I do love running and it is a part of me. And I think that we've all, I think in the sport, we've talked a lot about like, make sure that running doesn't define you and it's not your worth and it's not all that stuff. And it's not, you know, it's, it's doesn't define me. It's not who I am, but it's a part of who I am. And so like running, like, it is in my family. It's now in my relate. I mean, it's in my relationship. It's in my relationship with my new coach. It's in, you know, it's, it's embedded in a lot of that stuff. 
but I've been really, really lucky to find people who, and be, you know, my, my mom and coach, um, to be someone who actually really understands and gets who I am as a person in the running world and outside of the running world. Cause I think that's been a really important balance for me to find not only with my mom, but with my relationship and now with coach Smith as well, which like, yeah. I mean, coach and I'll go out to coffee for like two hours and hardly talk about running. And then at the end, we're like, Oh, right. Let's go over, you know, training or what we're going to do for racing and stuff like that. And I really appreciate that. So, um, I just think it's been good to really like find that balance and it's, it's takes obviously time and it takes, you know, really wanting to put in that work, but, um, the whole being coached by my mom stuff that, that took work, that took a balance <laughs> and uh, took a few years, but we figured it out. <laughs> And I mean, same thing with relationship, you know, got to, got to figure that stuff out too. And yeah, it's all about balance. <laughs> yeah. I, a big thing. I like, I saw this all, I feel like one of the lessons I learned like from other people in college was like, so often like runner relationships are become doomed by like one person will be running really well and one person will be running really shitty and if they aren't able to like reconcile that in a healthy way, then it's like, there's this imbalance that is, that if you don't like process, will just like absolutely destroy you. And I know like, that's like, like my boyfriend's a runner as well. And like, literally he ran Chicago as a workout when I was doing it, like as my target race and his like he ran it really well. And I had like a really shitty race. And like, that's just one of those things. Like if you don't like acknowledge and talk about it, like then it like becomes this poison pill that like, you, you know, eats away at you and stuff. But I've talked about this a lot, but I think the biggest things for relationships are trust and communication. So like you said, like the communication part of that, if it's, if it's not talked about and it just builds up, I can be very, very passive aggressive. <laughs> so I've learned <laughs> that um talking about things and just communicating it even if it's even if it sucks in the moment it's just so much better than than the passive aggressiveness lessons learned from dating a runner for anybody listening if you're dating a runner like <laughs> you're you need to be aware <laughs> that like your bad training block is not your partner's and you need to like deal with that um also don't how, run that <laughs> yes how did you guys meet oh louise and i Fun story. We met at an 18 and up club after, after internationals. Okay. Barely spoke at all. Um, he, we took a picture though at the end of the night. So that's like, we, that was like one of our first times speaking. He was like, oh, like, you know, take a picture of me. Yeah. Whatever. Took a picture. It was like, okay, cool. And then my team was out in Flagstaff for altitude training during the summer. And so our since you know NAU their team is always out here and my team's out we were like oh let's have like a game day or like hang out do whatever so our team started hanging out and that's kind of how we like got to talking and um just like getting to know each other a little bit more and then he asked me on a date with one week left in Flagstaff then we went on a date every single day for the rest of that week (laughs) (laughs) back home assuming I would never see this man again and he called me I think a few days once I was back maybe and like he and a few of his teammates had gotten some money from um staying back for like regionals or you know like the stipend money stuff and um they had decided to come to Raleigh with their money 
Theo Quacks tells me to this day that he still wishes that he got on a dirt bike instead of me, but here we are. <laughs> and so it was, yeah. So Luis, who else was it? Theo, Mitchell, and Jack. Yeah, they all came to Raleigh for a few days and he asked me out at the end of. Did trip. they all leave with NC State girlfriends or just Luis? <laughs> actually, one of, actually, one of the other guys did leave with NC <laughs> girlfriend. Don't talk about that. <laughs> All right, that, that we don't have to include in the official record. That we, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's but, adorable. Yeah, so, 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 they called it his quest for love. So that uh, is that like a uh, first day meeting picture? Like it, anything? Like is that one of those? Like I hope we never like this never sees the light of day because we're like sweaty and it's like a club, or is it like a cute picture? <laughs> Oh, it's on Instagram. We put it on Instagram. Oh, okay. That, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I'll go. I was gonna say I'll go hunt it down after the episode, but that's so funny. Um, somewhat along the same lines. Before we wrap up, uh, one of the since we're doing all introspection this episode, um, what are your uh, best and worst qualities as a roommate? As a roommate. <laughs> now I hope that. Hannah and Savannah see this because they were my roommates last year. Um, <laughs> so um, my worst quality as a roommate is um, cleaning up after myself. Okay. <laughs> and not necessarily like I'm not going to leave food out. I'm not going to. It's not going to be like dirty. It's just going to be a lot of clean things that are just left out, <laughs> like clothes. If I was changing into something, you know, whatever. It's it's yeah. So. I'm a mess. Fun fact. Um, and best quality, humble, what can I humble brag about? Let's see. Um, I will definitely put people on to some quality TV shows and movies if they have not yet seen them. We, we, de- we would have movie nights, all that kind of stuff. But honestly, you know what? I feel like this all goes in with my worst qualities because they'd come home and I'd be like, all right, movie time. <laughs> right, not doing anything productive what are you watching right now what's the what's the binge watch at the moment oh gosh see right now is not a good time to ask because i have since i have had nothing to do i've gone through everything until i got to trash reality tv oh all right what's the so trash reality tv love island actually i was going to start love island uk soon because i'm running out of, i just am finishing up are you the one have you seen that one? No, I don't even know what that is. What is much <laughs> I quick look, quick little rant about this one because they have like, what is it? It's 10 guys, 10 girls. They come on the show. And before the show, um, they like submit all this like information about themselves, right? And so they use like psychologists, um, they talk to family, they talk to exes, and they they curate like 10 perfect matches, right? They pair up everybody. And by the end of the show, if they can all figure out who their perfect match is and get it right, they get a million dollars. If just one of the couples gets it wrong, they go home with nothing, so. Oh, so everybody's like in it together, like. Yeah, it's a team game. Oh, <laughs> Except wow. they don't, there's a lot of drama. They don't really play as a team. I, yeah, I was gonna say, I can imagine, but wow, that sounds weirdly, I don't, love the concept of like relationship shows um Mm -hmm. but i will say love island uk is like 
weirdly addicting. You literally have to watch it with subtitles on, even though they're speaking English because the accents are so insane. But yeah. Just if those you're, that like I mostly watch. Yeah. Do you have a favorite yeah. Christmas movie since it's that time of year? Love actually. Watch it last week. Even- Great choice. <laughs> No comparison for me. Holiday movie. It's we're actually we're having a little love actually night this Saturday where I'm having a few oh, of the girls excellent. over. We're gonna, we're gonna watch Love Actually get in our feels, you know. It's the be- it's like the biggest bummer of a movie ever, and yet somehow like still like warms my heart every time. <laughs> so cute. I love all yeah. everything about it. Yeah, that's uh I whenever that was it was like two weeks ago or something oh whatever weekend like the BU meet was I was like mm-hmm. at home I think by myself I can't remember but I was like tweeting about like the races that were on and then I was like fuck it I'm just gonna keep tweeting about the movie I'm watching I'm watching Love Actually and then just like live tweeted half of Love Actually um, I need to get a Twitter mine got hacked like two years ago and I never got back on it so that's that's my goal for blessing like anything else blessing and a curse there's good stuff and bad stuff (laughs) all right well to to wrap it up we ask our guests all the same the same three questions um the first i'm going to challenge you a little bit it's your instagram crush but you can't say louise because that's like boring answer because you gotta go you gotta think be get a little creative it doesn't have to be like a crush crush could also doesn't have to be instagram like it could be a good tiktok meme you're like loving these days Probably Emma Watson, but that's like throughout my whole life. Sure, yeah. <laughs> that's a good answer. Yeah, Emma Watson. Speaking of people who can't do an American accent, um, but uh, and then next, uh, your go-to karaoke song. Someone hands you the mic. It's your time to shine. What are you singing? Before he cheats. Ooh, that's a good one <laughs> just the angst, like you can just let it all out you know <laughs> yeah and she talks about singing karaoke in the song it's like meta in a way it is it's meta yeah next time we're in boston we'll do some karaoke which is what we call karaoke when we do it at tracksmith uh, yeah, and, let's go. uh last but not least uh your death row meal uh you get to eat uh anything you want as your last meal what are you eating Why are these questions so hard? <laughs> it's like too much introspective. Um, probably some sort of pizza, but I also kind of want Brussels sprouts, and I know that's really lame. But okay, what if I keep <gasps> Brussels sprouts on my pizza? Not a thing. <laughs> like a glaze. I don't know. Probably. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I- <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's your, it's your death row meal. You can have whatever you want. Brussels sprouts pizza. I also want one of those, um, the lava cakes. Oh, yeah, those are good. That's anytime there's, I, well, after Club Nuts in Tallahassee, when we were at the, like, bar for the after party, that was, like, I'm a big fan of, like, there's always, like, the, like skillet cookie or like fud like brat lava cake like there's always like a bar like a tavern dessert that like if you've already eaten and like everybody's just like drinking like it seems weird to order but as soon as you order and it comes out to the table like everyone wants a bite of it so no 
know if I'm that's the thing like anytime I have been like drunk I feel like it's like in in North Carolina there's the spot cookout everyone everyone goes to cookout and so when it's like 2 a.m cookout just hits different and there's something about like like I'll get like a corn dog or something it's like the best thing I've ever tasted but like cookie skillets like those go hard (laughs) we would so we like in like the pre-COVID era we would go to bar trivia like often and that was always but it was always on like a Tuesday so you're not like getting wasted or anything but like that was always like my like weird idiosyncratic move so I'm like I'm gonna get a, a beer and then like when it comes when the time comes to get like a second beer I'm like honestly I would rather just get a skillet cookie instead of a second beer <laughs> so that was that was a, a frequent move for me for me that would be anything with melted cheese like Ooh, that's you know, fair. pretzels with beer cheese dip that's pretzels cool. with beer cheese so good well thank you for coming on and uh getting deep and having uh you know everything from astrology to like life philosophies uh, <laughs> i really enjoyed it uh and and hope uh hope the listeners will too <laughs> and uh until next time this has been run your mouth